Fresh like I just got a contract Fresh like I just got a max Roll up this, we ballin' to the max Fresh like I got a contract Moving through the city, we be going. Yeah, yeah. Roll it, that's you pulling, now you know it. Yeah, yeah. Fresher than a mask. Alrighty, everybody. What is up? What is up? What is up? What is up? Hoops and Brews fans, how are you all doing? Welcome to episode 193 of Hoops and Brews. Yes, I said we've done 193 of these things. It's kind of insane how much content we've been able to push out over these past three years. But we are here. We're here with a guy that Twitter loves to hate. As much as they love to hate us, but he always has good opinions, good takes, always up for a good laugh and a good joke. Um, so today we are welcomed by, uh, you know, NBA uh, watching vet, because what did you say, 1963, correct? Is that what it says on your 68, 68, oh, 68, I ain't okay. that one. So you've been, okay, so you've been watching the game for essentially, what, around 50 years now. So Ricky G, talk to the people, let them know how you're doing today. Thanks for coming on. I'm doing great. First of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been Wanting to be on with you guys for quite a while. Now we got it. Let's roll. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor, man. It's an honor. It's an honor for real. I won't lie. When I first used to see your tweets, I was like, I think this is a troll. I don't think this is really an old man. I think somebody just took a <laughs> I think somebody just took a some, some pictures of some old white guys. Like <laughs> you didn't think I was Koei, huh? Everybody I had to go I, I, I went back. I went back. I'm like, you know, let me look at this picture, make sure this ain't a troll account. And I was like, oh no, he's he he really is a real person. So glad to see you're a real person. As always, the show co-stars rapper extraordinary Pavy. Go ahead, get your plug in, talk to people, let them know where they can find you at. As always, man, follow me on Twitter at PavyWorld, P-A-V-Y World, all one word, uh, Pavyworld.com. Go check it out. All right. So, as always, on Hoops and Brews, we drink beer, we talk basketball. Um, I have a little bit of some rum in my cup, but not too much. Uh, but as always, if you're under 18 in Canada or under 21 in America, you better not be fucking drinking. Don't do it. It's wrong. Don't drink and drive. Always drink in moderation when you can't go outside eventually. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's talk some basketball, fellas. Um, I honestly wanted to open this up, and actually, I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this, Ricky G, because you're a person that has kind of, uh, from what I've seen on your Twitter account, been around the AAU circuits and been around <laughs> youth athletics and things of that sort. So what do you think about uh, kind of what's going on with the G League, what's happening, and the NCAA's response now allowing basically, I think, in 2021 and 2022, they're going to start to allow athletes to be able to use endorsement deals, um, you know, social influencer stuff. Uh, but the thing that they strictly stipulated was that uh, the money, no money will come from any NCAA institutions. What are your thoughts? Okay, now we're going to get in something. I'm going to catch some heat on Twitter. I got my phone here close by, so when they hear this, they're going to be. I'm going to get some pushback. First of all, let's get one thing. First of all, let's get one thing straight. Everybody's been getting paid. The dudes that deserve to get paid have been getting paid. Okay, for you, I dropped them envelopes. I personally <laughs> dropped envelopes. So let's cut that right now. And all these people are saying, "Let's pay everybody. It's not fair. Everybody needs to get paid." Well, let me tell you what y'all did. You became a whistleblower and you killed it for the cats that deserve to get paid. Because most guys in college have no value. They don't deserve to get paid. This is true. They deserve a scholarship. They don't deserve to get paid. So now we got, we've got busted. We can't pay no more. Okay, so now we got to go back to what, point, point A, I guess. Yeah. Here's the problem. The G League, to me, is, is a two-fold situation. I don't know what your personal situation is. Mm -hmm. So $500,000 might be a lot of money for your family. 
Hey, respect. You give me five hundred thousand dollars right now. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have a. We have a nice party but, afterwards. <laughs> but let me explain something <laughs> to you. Let's assume you. Let's assume you're the number one player in America right yeah. now. Yeah. And you want to do the G League, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come into your home and I'm gonna sit down with you and your family. I'm gonna tell your family this. You're gonna get five hundred G's. In the state of California, thirty to thirty-five percent of that's coming off right at the top. Tackle. This is also true. Okay. They don't mention that part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now true. you got to pay your. Now you got to pay your agent four to ten percent. Now yeah. you got to pay insurance. By the time you're done, that five hundred thousand is down to about maybe two hundred G's. Maybe. Yeah. Now you're going to go play in the G League. I might ask you guys a question: Who's the best player in the G League right now? I have no idea to be honest. Uh, no probably idea? whatever rookie that got sent down. Okay. So now you're going to go in the G League, and you're going to end up playing in the G League and become – you're not going to be relevant anymore. Yeah. Now, I know they're going to get 10. They're going to start promoting a little bit, but you're still in the G League. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you why I say college is better for that number one, the number one dude. Mm-hmm. You go to a blue blood, a blue blood college, mm-hmm. okay? You're giving up six months. You're going to get 100 Gs non-taxable. They're going to pay you. We're going to get you that envelope, Okay. Now you got six months. Now you got March Madness, the biggest platform in America for an amateur athlete to build his brand. Mm-hmm. Joe Moran made how many millions last year? A lot. How many millions? How many more millions does he on me? I'll give you an example. If Lamelo Ball was playing at March Madness last year and had a triple double, he busts the bank. But everybody wants to take the short money, the short bag, take the five hundred G. At the end of the day, it's about two hundred G. You might get a shoe deal, but you're not going to be a bigger player a year from now. You might be the number one pig if you don't have that brand mm-hmm. because you didn't build a big stage. Okay. But everybody gets caught up in college because they think the coaches are making five million, ten million, the colleges are making money. They're counting their money to lose their own money. Don't count other people's money. Mm-hmm. Count your money. You can never convince me playing in a G League is better than playing in front of forty thousand people in the final four or playing in March Madness. You will never convince me of that. I'm not upset. And if it was my I, I don't if it was my son, he's going to college. Build your brand. It's about building your brand. Because if, if LaMelo Ball went to March Madness and blew up, man, that cat getting $100 million. But instead he's going to chase 500 Gs? That's short money. Yeah. I uh, don't. I, uh, go ahead. I'm going to get a lot of heat on this. But go ahead and give me a push. But I understand the other side. If you're broke, you need the money, hey, go do it. But business-wise, it's not good. But we get caught up. In counting coaches' money and college's money. Don't let them use you. You use them. Get your 100 Gs from the pimp. Go play March Madness. Build your brand. Go get your money to move on. I don't hate that opinion because even when, when like the um when like the deals came out that they were going to the G League and I was like, oh, college basketball is over. I'm like, no, it's not. You have like 100-year institutions. They'll be fine. For one, you like March Madness is the spectacle of March. People who don't even care about basketball watch March Madness because it's just something to watch. Also, also, you you have people like you alumni who's going to these schools who you know support these schools. People watch Duke for Duke, so I do agree with you about the building your brand thing. Like when you go to even Steph Curry, like when Steph Curry was what what he did at Davidson in that like college tournament. If that if that's in the G League, it doesn't Steph Curry's name isn't the same before he goes to the league. So uh, go ahead. Wait a minute, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, yeah go ahead. If, is, Steph, okay, if go Steph Curry ahead. don't have a if Steph Curry don't have a good tournament, he's not getting drafted in the first round. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, so I understand what you're saying. I, I know people probably won't agree with that because people will see five hundred thousand. They just think, oh, they get five hundred thousand dollars. You got the agent getting the money. You got taxes getting the money. You you probably going to buy your parents a house. You buy your parents a house. At that point in time, you maybe be left with fifty, sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's not even the money that you even think it is. 
Um, so now, nah, I, I, and 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 also, I, I I think one thing that you can't take away from it is the college is the college experience and being able to get some real real coaching. I don't think in the G League you're gonna get actual coaching. And I do think that going to college and playing for a guy like Mike Krzyzewski or playing for a Roy Williams, I don't think that you can uh, just scoff at that experience. Like even when people were talking about, oh, look at Michael Jordan, he accepted coaching. Yeah, he played for Dean Smith for three years. I think I, I don't I don't I don't think that you can um, just like I said, overlook coaching. And I don't know if in the G League you're going to be privileged to the same level of coaching that you will in college. Let's understand one thing. We talking about six fucking months that's all we're talking about yeah six months for what a quick bag let me explain something to you when that kid's sitting in in up there in mamba center playing in front of a few hundred people playing a bunch of g-league players and these cats are playing in front of forty thousand on final four they're going to regret it trust me fair but we've got to understand personal situations too yeah now i understand college i get the you know the coaches make too much money in the college i get all that but here's what everybody doesn't understand. The guys that need to get paid was getting paid. The guys that don't get paid, paid don't have no value. <laughs> this is, this is true. Now, now, I'll give you another example. Today, 205 players filed for 60 spots in the draft. Who the fuck do these kids think they are? There's only 60 kids <laughs> going to make it in the, NBA, in the draft. We got 205. So now what we got is 150 kids become irrelevant. Where the fuck are they going to go? They're going to go overseas. They're going to go to the G League and get lost. And first of all, you go to the G League, be careful. You're walking in against some grown men that are trying mm-hmm. to get a job that are hungry. They will yeah. bust you up. Yeah. Especially if you're, especially if you got hype. You put a mellow ball in the G League, they will bust him up. Yeah. You got to be careful what you wish for. But everybody needs to slow down and understand your brand and your, what you're building. And don't let that 500,000, that's everybody's talking 500, 500. That's nothing in California. The fuck are you going to get? <laughs> yeah, you really can't even get a house five thousand in. in you a, can't in get an apartment up in the high rise downtown. Really can't even get a house five thousand out of California. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this guy, yeah. he gonna get him a little bracelet and, and a little wagon, and the guy's looking for money again. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's that's. He said that's a bracelet and a wagon. Heat on this car because we've had some conversation, and, and it's I, I get it. It's it's. It's out of pocket when you got an old white G telling the young brother not to take money and go play for the white coach. I can get all that. Nah, but you I mean, gotta look at, I'm not even no, no, necessarily get, looking at it from a, Twitter. I'm not even necessarily get, looking from a race perspective. I'm looking at it from an economic perspective. But I get that on Twitter. I, they, they tell yeah. me that on Twitter. Yeah, I but mean, look, thing, I understand that. But also, it's a lot I of white probably, agents that have helped a lot of black players make money. So I, I never really understand yeah, those conversations like, when they yeah, happen. Like, it's like it's a lot I of white agents that helped a lot of black players make money. So, like, I don't understand. I never understand that conversation, but go ahead. But I'm just promising you any p- player that went in the G League right now, if mm-hmm. I went in their home, they would have went to college unless they had a hardship. Mm-hmm. I promise you that because it don't make it's bad business. And, and the problem is the agents are driving this. The reason why the G League is getting to where it is right now because the agents can't wait to be the pimp. So they got to grab that kid early to they get him in the G League because they don't want to wait college. And yeah. it's the it's the agent pit game. I mean, go down a figure on eighty first. They all are on the corner waiting. You know, waiting for the red cake. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not upset at that assessment. Yeah, I mean, I'm especially not. if you say that you you know you've been one of the people that have you know handed out some envelopes before in the past. I mean, hey, that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Tell you that, some some guys take a pay cut. I can, I can believe it. I mean, I can be. I mean, like, uh, who was who was? I forgot. It was 
uh, I believe it was uh, Eric um, Dickerson, I think, when they was doing his, um, when they was when they was doing the thing with SMU, obviously this is football, but it was doing the thing with SMU, I think they was like, yeah, some coach walked in and said, yeah, we'll offer you 100000 Eric Dickerson said, that's not enough. And like then like the meeting ended there. Said a hundred thousand wasn't enough. So yeah, people have been taking money forever. It's not like it's not like these guys are going to college and suffering. That's not what was happening. For like you said, the the ones who deserve to be getting paid. Most of the 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 six man at Duke ain't taking nothing because the six man at Duke isn't bringing value to the university. You got no value. If you got no value, you ain't getting paid. I don't give a fuck what business you in. This is this but, is everybody, but, but everybody wants every college athlete to get paid. First of all, let's. I got a son working on his PhD. I got a daughter with a master's. Okay. I know what college education costs. When you tell me college education at three doesn't matter to you, you've lost your goddamn mind. No, it matters. <laughs> I'm a hundred k in debt from college uh, 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 stuff. So I'm no, no, no. I know as a person who is personally in a lifelong thing of debt that I'm gonna have to pay off of unless I'm exactly. rich. That's yeah, yeah. That shit matters. It definitely matters. But, but it's the parents. <laughs> The parent, I mean, let me tell you something. You know all these kids quitting AAU teams and all these kids leaving transfers in college? You know why they're all leaving? Because every parent believes every fucking coach is in their way of their kid getting in the NBA. I mean, everybody's going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. I mean, we got, like I just said, 220 kids, not counting seniors, trying to get 60 yeah. jobs. Yeah. You got a better chance of being a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. But now, if you're that dude and you have a hardship, Go on. I wish it personally they would have just let it go out of high school. Just go, get rid of yeah. it and go. Likewise, likewise, likewise. Like, I get the point of instating it when they instated it, but I think that now, I think that all these guys are a little bit more, I think, uh, brand savvy, I think, just because for the fact that you have Instagram, like, you have things where you're working on that stuff, not even knowing that you're really working on it, as opposed to 20 years ago. Also, I think... Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't say that they're more finance savvy, but I also think that they've been just exposed to more at like a younger age than what people were 20 years ago. So I get why they put the rule in 20 years ago, but at this point in time, in 2020, I would say we just eliminate it completely and like, and like let the guys go from high school anyway. Let me, because let me it's not like, what's up? Let me ask both of you, young brothers. Would you rather be the king on Kentucky campus or just another guy at the Mama Center in the G League? Kentucky. I'm going to Kentucky for like, for six, like we're talking six, six months. months I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to Kentucky for that six months. Bless your goddamn mind if you don't go to Kentucky. You're a king. And yeah, you're yeah. Your, and you're going to get your fifty to hundred grand. And I'm going to tell you something else. Blue blood players travel, eat better than G League players. That's a fact. I can yeah, believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. definitely G League yeah. players do not travel first class. Yeah. They in top I can hotel. Believe it. Yeah. And nobody knows who they are. You yeah. go to Kentucky or Duke, you stay in a five star hotel. Come on, stop it. Yeah, I think part of it for the NBA is trying to combat that system. Part of it is trying to do what baseball is doing and build a developmental league, multiple ones, so that way they can actually like have a farm system. And I think part of it is that they realize like what you you know you know what you just said that you know a lot of these agents are just trying to get to the talent earlier. So if they're sure. gonna continue to push and push and push for the NCAA to kind of change these rules so the agents can get to them a little bit faster. If we're the NBA, we might as well just kind of take these guys and put them within our system. I mean, yeah, they might not be as big as stars, but if they work out in the league or we're able to you know kind of develop them right then that G League system becomes kind of – because even with the G League, I, you know, they market it much more as like a digital league. So, like, all the games are on Twitch, and they really are – I seem like they're trying to market it towards, like, that younger generation. Um, so, I think from a marketing standpoint, that's what they're trying to do. I think from a business standpoint, guys like Rich Paul and all of these big agents are really just trying to 
get to the you bag. You just answered your own quicker. question. You just answered your yeah, question. Yeah, 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 seriously. They just trying to get to the bag. But I understand that, though. I mean, I understand it. But I also do understand that a lot of these guys with a proper agent in college, if you do have an agent while you're in college, you can make a lot of money off of that. Even if I, even I read that they were, you know, talking about um, autograph signings are now going to be, um, you know, you know, players are now be eligible to do autograph signings as well as be able to make all their money from, you know, kind of social media and doing sponsorships and stuff. If you a player, you go to Kentucky, you could damn their own that entire market now. You know what I mean? From shit. an endorsement perspective. Forget all this shit. Just the envelopes you get from the boosters and the, and the girls walking around campus is over 100 grand tax free. Stop it. That's when I, I get frustrated when I hear this stuff. Athletes need to get paid. I mean, people are so naive. They yeah. really believe these college athletes ain't getting paid. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, that's Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush had a castle. Reggie <laughs> Bush did Reggie have Bush a whole castle. castle. No, I mean, no, stop no. It. The things that were going on at USC doing that yeah. run were wild. It was, it was wild. Reggie Bush was wild. I used to pass on that little corner bar, and I forget the street now, down by SC, where Leinard and Bush and all those guys used to stand on the corner. Man, come on, stop it. They're all walking around in Gucci bags and Jordans and iPhones, and everybody telling me they broke. No, they're not. I mean, I, I get upset when I hear this because I see athletes. They walk up to me in a in a, in a Gucci bag. Oh, oh, seriously? No, you not. Yeah. No, no you not. They, now, I'll tell you what they. Now, here's what happened. The athlete pisses off their money. Now that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they run out of money. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, probably you talking about guys who've never really even been experienced with money before. Somebody hands you fifty thousand dollars, you're like, "Oh, I'm rich," and then you go spend it all on up, up whatever. And you're not even thinking about save nothing, and you're eighteen years old anyway, and nobody around you probably has ever been handed fifty thousand dollars so they don't know what to tell you to do with it so yes that that is that is something that i'm sure happens they, they don't really have any financial literacy but um staying on topic but kind of switching off topic what do you think about aau basketball just in general and i guess the quality of it and what is teaching these athletes and is it helping the game or hindering the game how do you feel about it aau basketball is a problem in so many ways First of all, I tell parents all the time, they're paying all these guys training, personal training, coaches, travel team, blah, blah, blah. And what they do is all they do is play games. And they never get in the gym and work on their game. And I tell parents all the time, if your kid is really that good, he should play less and get in the gym and work on his game. I'll tell you why. If he's playing a lot in the AAU circuit, the more I get to see your kid, the more I can find leaks in his game. Don't let me see you many times. Get your ass out there on a big time, the two big time tournaments, show out and get your ass off the circuit and get in the gym. But what happens is they hang out there too long and then they pick up bad habits and then they don't learn the game. And you've got these guys, these coaches sitting around there. The more I watch you play, the more I can find leaks in your game. Yeah. Play less, work more. Hey, you game. Let's talk about the agents. I don't know about now because I've kind of been out of touch the last few years. But back in the day when I was heavy into it, you know how all the agents became agents? They all had an AAU coach who had that dude. <laughs> that yeah. dude became his best friend, became his pin. Then if he wasn't the agent, he hooked up his agent. Now he becomes a runner, and he's the middleman. Big-time players, Clutch, for an example, LeBron made him. Duffy, Drew Good made him. I can go right on down the list and tell you all the guys that got made by players because they knew somebody in the AAU program that had a kid that became a pin. Look at my colleague's dad. Greatest guy in the world. I love him to death. He became, he had uh, Odin, Conley. Conley. And uh, Daquan Cook, wasn't it? No, he had uh, Odin. He had Mayo for a while. But he then became an agent and a runner for Bill Duffy. 
So what they do is they drag their players to the agent, and it just becomes a pawn game. I got this guy, I got that guy. And that's the way it works. But I personally hate the AAU game. I think they need to get rid of it. Um, I'm with to play less. Um, I'm with you. For one, I think it doesn't really teach the fundamentals of basketball. Um, for one, I think they're like that, like you said, they're they're playing so so many games. Um, and also, I'm, I'm sure they're not really running plays. I'm sure that like you can't really tell the kids anything because you can't coach them because then your parent just take them off the team and put them on like a different team. So you can't really coach them. You gotta let them run wild. And I think that what you see is you have a lot of guys who make who make it to the NBA and don't actually know how to play basketball or have never actually been coached a day in their life. You know what the AAU game is? If you took two of the top teams. Mm-hmm. You know, take Team Texas, Team California. It's nothing but trap defense, pressing, and layups. <laughs> Ain't nobody running no half court sets. Ain't nobody playing half court defense. It's just <laughs> yeah. a full gate park. It's a pickup game. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Uh, and like, I don't think that teaches you anything. Like you said, you you pick up a lot of bad habits and you pick up things that when you actually do that you might get away with just because you're so good at that level. Obviously, if you're, you know, the exceptional athlete and you're playing as AAU, like you said, everybody there not going to the NBA. You maybe got two or three people on the court that may be going, that may really, really have a legit shot at the NBA. But when you get to a level when everybody is good and these are the habits you've picked up and now you actually have to run actual offense, you have to be put in like an actual half-court set and do something and have some smarts, you don't know what to do. So now you four years in your NBA career trying to learn how to play actual basketball. Well, here's, here's what's happening. When I was involved in AAU, we were teaching kids and programming them for a college education. Well, now we've got the guys coming and say, fuck the college education. You're one and done. Let's go. College education doesn't matter no more in the AAU circuit. Nobody even cares about it no more. It's all about to get to the league and get a shoe deal. That's not reality. Um, also, there's another thing I've heard with um, AAU. I, I don't know how true it is, but – um, a lot of it is – so let's say you play for an AAU team that's sponsored by Adidas. You would most likely end up going to an Adidas-sponsored school. Is that something that, that, that really happens or – No. If you, if you play for an Adidas team, they play, Adidas teams play Adidas teams. Nike teams play Nike teams. They, cook, they don't crisscross anymore like they used to when I was involved. See, when I was involved, everybody played everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, that changed. Under Armour's Under Armour, Nike's Nike, Adidas, Adidas. And it does funnel to the, those type of coaches. It's an advantage, yes. And that's where that money came in. See, it's like yeah. the Adidas guy got in trouble. It's Adidas schools, you know, and the Nike schools that battle each other. But usually the coach that's with the shoe usually has an advantage. Makes sense. Crazy, but crazy, crazy. But they use a pin game. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it is what it is. And yeah. I've, I've seen them all. I, all the cats in the NBA today from the class – my class was 2006. Mm-hmm. I've seen every cat play from 10 years old all the way up. I've seen them all. It's, that's it's a nightmare. And that's why I, I see these kids like Stanley from uh, Sierra. I mean, mm-hmm. what was that kid? Almost 20 years old when he graduated from high school. I saw Mayo play twice in my same age group. These guys are like 20 years old when they're seniors in high school. I mean, you see? Yeah, it? because they do that thing where they like reclassify. So it's, so it's yeah, like, they so hold right. themselves Let's say back. You was, you was like supposed to be a senior, but like maybe you weren't ranked right. I'm going to hold myself back. So I'm going to be 19 playing against 17 year olds. Shabazz Muhammad was a guy who did that. I think he was like a lot he of them he was 19, are. he was like 22. That's why when I see a mixtape, before I see, okay, how old is this kid? That's all I want to know. <laughs> how old is this kid? How old is this kid? I mean, O.J. Mayo was getting there 20 years old when he was a senior in high school. Yes, and O.J. Oh, Mayo quite possibly had the most incredible high school career I've ever seen, personally. But uh, he was older. That the I, best, high school, that the best high school basketball player I ever saw when he played two years, technically. Oh, Jay Cotton. I've heard about 
I've Shea heard Cotton. about I've heard about Shea Cotton a lot from anybody who was like a hooper in LA in the nineties. Oh yeah. So when they oh, all get on podcasts, about, yeah. like they all talk about Shea Cotton. Let me tell you something. I sit in Deion Glover's house in Atlanta, Georgia. My son played with Atlanta Celtics part time with Josh Smith and Howard. My son played with uh, Critton, the one that's in prison right now. Yeah. We were at the Atlanta Celtic house. And Deion Glover took all the players to his house, who was a first round pick out of Georgia Tech, by the way, who had a hundred grand from his coach at Georgia Tech. But anyways. <laughs> I'm not going to spill that bean. I'm sitting in Atlanta, Georgia, and I got ex-NBA players and some NBA players sitting in this house, and all they want to talk about was Shea Cotton. That's okay. all they wanted to do. As soon as they found out I was from California, let's talk Shea Cotton. He was the best sophomore I've ever seen. Yeah, like any, like I've heard, I've heard Baron Davis say that. I've heard yeah. Paul Pierce say that. Really, anybody who Matt was in the Barnes, scene, and LA, yeah, I've, Matt yeah, Barnes, yeah, Paul Pierce. I've even heard uh, a, a Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson mention him when they're talking to other LA people. Um, yeah, I'm actually going after we finish this. I'm gonna go back and actually watch some of his highlights to see if some of them are available. I'm sure they are. Jay Cotton and Sean Kim were the highest two hitmen to come in the AAU tournaments in Vegas and across the country. They'd wait to see who's in the Final Four. Okay, fly me and I'll play for you. They didn't even waste their time with games before the Final Four. They didn't even come. Really? That's Jay Cotton and Sean Kim made more money in AAU than anybody. <laughs> so what happened to um, Shay when he – because I don't really understand. You know, that I'm not going to get into. That's You hear stories, but that's not my business. That's yeah, he fair. never made the league. He played like you know pro ball. In, in well, China he struggled. Like I mean, that. but I heard yeah, he had like he, some issues and stuff. You know. Well, once he transferred to modern day, went to Bosco, then he went to UCLA and had that, you know, the AT, the SAT problem. It just went downhill for him, and then I think he went back to Mississippi or somewhere. But Shea Cotton is a pro. Yeah. Shea Cotton might be the best player to never played pro in my yeah. life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. I'll take your word for it. But but as far as his personal, I don't know. Okay. All right, so let's move on from there. Ricky G, what do you think the NBA will be like w when it returns? How do you feel about that? What do you think we're going to see? What do you think it'll be like? Obviously, they're, you know, they're rumoring they're trying to find places to play. We're here in Vegas. We're here in Disney World. And I'm sure next thing we're going to hear Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> you know what? What do you think about all this madness? Do you think it's time to just kind of shut it down and move on to the next season? You know or do you what? think it's time to – what do you think? I hate it. I think personally they just should scrap it. I mean, let, let me ask you guys a basketball question. Let's say let's say they start back up next week, mm -hmm. and they're going to play seven games, have playoffs in a month. Okay, what do we got? I don't know who's who anymore. Whatever we saw back, you forget it. That's yeah. over. Yeah, I mean we got it's we got the Lakers now. Fifty days. LeBron's basically. about 35, 30, LeBron's thirty five years old. He hasn't played in a couple of months. How's he going to bounce back? How's he, how's Kawhi? I mean, we don't know anything. Yeah. How are they? Are they even? In shape? How do you even stay in shape? You can't even go. How many, you know, how many shots were you getting up? All of that. You know, if we, if they do go back, I almost got to favor a young team, like a Denver Nuggets or somebody's young mm -hmm. that can bounce back and be in shape. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah, even a team I like the Heat, they when, would they would fare well. The Seventy Sixes as well. Guy. Ben Simmons is healthy now. They say that uh, impingement he had in his back is gone. Yeah. Well, you know, if these NBA players don't stay away from the Kardashians, ain't none of them going to be worth a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, the NBA players, here's what, it just drives me nuts. They use more referrals when it comes to ladies than any human being or any business I've ever been aware of in my life. They, none of them can find their own girl. They're all on the same referral list. They said they use referrals. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like laziness. Laziness and laziness. 
laziness. Everybody hang out the same places, so you meet the same couple of women, and you see this person with this person. Oh, okay, I want this person being lazy. You don't want to go looking. But well, you're um, a singer. You probably know about that. So that that was that was the point in time which I went out 14 straight days, and that that was the point in time which I was around that type of stuff a lot. But um, now nah, as, as far as the NBA, uh, I'm with you. I would personally just want to see the season kind of just like just. For one, I don't think it's safe. I don't know how you can prevent anybody from contracting the virus. I think that even like that part of it is ambitious. Also, I actually worry about injury. You know, you got guys who haven't played in a month, two months. Like, I worry about somebody seriously hurting themselves because they aren't fit to be out there playing. Personally, well, I worry about the coach. I worry about the older coaches. You got a guy like Pop, seventy years old. Yeah. That, what, yeah. Ha- what happens if Pop gets sick? See, my thing is the NBA just needs to scrap it. The last thing the NBA wants is a face on a number. You know, numbers don't mean anything to us. Yeah. You know, we, we hit 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, whatever it is. Yeah. Put an NBA face on that number, and now we got a problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what happened with Rudy, literally. Rudy got the Rona, and the world was it like, really hey, that. No, you, know, you know, Rudy it saved a lot of lives, though. Uh, we have, yes, we, we, we have, like, me, me and uh, stupidity TBJ saved a lot of lives. Like, I, I, I can't even imagine how many lives he saved just by the fact that he got the, like, because I feel like we probably would have been maybe two weeks later in that, maybe. Maybe three. Two, three weeks later. Yeah, two to, two to three weeks later had he not contracted it when he contracted it. And then the NBA shut down and made everybody look at, like, yo, what is going on? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm a 62-year-old man with one kidney. I can't play with it. You know, if I get it, I'm in trouble. Yeah. So you got to stay in the house. But in even house. if they do come back, do you think that – We've seen the last, you know, greatness of LeBron, seen the last greatness of Steph Curry, seen the last greatness of a lot of those guys. I mean, for a lot of those guys that were injured, Clay Thompson included, probably be about what? I mean, what, 18, to to, 18 months yeah. to two years since you last actually got to play, play? How do you so think you guys know, will look? You, you just asked a loaded question. First of all, LeBron, as far as longevity, I'm never going to question LeBron. He Me might either. play 45. I, mean. I want to play till he's 50, to be honest. Well, I don't know. I mean, he he's definitely he's, he he has slippage, but he's still LeBron. Yeah. I want to go back to a couple cats that you were talking about. I want to go back to Harden and Curry. Mm-hmm. I've seen slippage in both of them. Yeah. Speed. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned. I want to see them next year. When forget this year, but when they come back the following year. Yeah. I want to see their their foot speed because I've seen slippage yeah. in both. Yeah. Like James Harden looks slow to me a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, Steph is he not doesn't as fast. have the. He doesn't fast. neither. Not as fast at all. I was watching some like Steph from before the first MCL sprain. He hasn't looked as fast since before that first MCL sprain. As far as Harden, his first step doesn't work the same. No, it's not the same. Like, and, and when you're a point guard, even if you're, you know, they're both kind of combo guards. Mm-hmm. But even if you're a combo guard and you're playing a point guard, fifty percent of the time, when you start hitting 31, 32, mm-hmm. and you go the finals and the playoff runs, they both been through. You know, it starts showing faster than most. And I just, I, I'm a little concerned with the Warriors. I think the Warriors are a slow basketball team next year. You know, with Clay and Draymond and uh, Steph and Wiggins, I don't. They, they're not going to guard athletes. If they get Wiseman, do you think that that'll help them at all, or do you think it's? Or I don't do like he's such a project that it doesn't matter. I don't like I don't like kids if you're if you're in the playoffs. Okay. You, know, you can't win. I mean, you, this is what LeBron was a kid that played in the playoffs. Who else? Maybe a Zion could have. Zion could have. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Carmelo. When you get to play like, well in playoffs, right? Okay, but when you get down to the last four teams, yeah. If you're depending on a kid, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I Unless think the, the Warriors are going to pick Johnson. wise. 
Uh, okay, there's a little, there's a few exceptions, but there's nothing in this draft mm-hmm. that's going to help you in the playoffs. Let's actually talk about the Warriors. Um, I know both of you guys. I mean, you you've been a Warriors fan for how long? Fifty-two years. Fifty. I go all the way back to Rick Barry. Oof, 52 years, TBJ, you're, you're a, um, I've been a you're Warriors, a Warriors fan, fan since 2006. I didn't we know ca- that. You're a Warriors guy? Yes. Yeah, this yeah, is how the whole podcast, started. podcast started. We watched the entire 2016 playoffs, and on that TV behind them, we watched the entire yeah. 2016 playoffs on that TV. Obviously, like, I'm a LeBron guy, he's a Warriors guy, and we would just, like, literally argue the entire playoffs, and we were just like, bro, we have to record this. And well, then, now I got to ask. I gotta ask him a question. Mm-hmm. He, I know he reads my Twitter line. What What's do you up? think of Draymond Green right now? What's Draymond oh, God. Green right now? Who you want? You want to know from me or you want from Pavy? Either one. Tell me what Draymond. I want both of it because you guys know how I, I won't lie. Pavy told me about eighteen months ago, maybe two years ago, that Draymond Green would, would not look the same after whatever the run before the last run. He's like, yeah, Draymond's not going to look the same. He's going to slowly look. He's like, I see the man with ice packs and all this stuff on his body all the time. He's not going to look the same. He's going to look, you know, much older, much worse. And I kept saying, nah, he's going to be all right. He's small. He's a crafty defender. He's got his brain, um, you know, and his smarts and his wits. But this season, I, I, you know, he loves to say, oh, well, Mike didn't look the same without Scotty. Yeah, Mike looked better without Scotty. Mike looked a lot better without Scotty. He didn't win, but he looked better without Scotty. With Steph, Clay gone, you would think rebounds would go up a little bit. I, I, I would have been surprised if his assist dropped, obviously, because you don't have shooters to get the ball to. But there's no reason why he shouldn't have been averaging 15 and 10 this year. And I he can't saw many score 15, hmm? Wait a minute. He can't score 15 in an empty gym. <laughs> then, what, then, then it's over for him. Because at least before, he could randomly go off well, of now, 15, 30, you know, then it's over for him. It's over for well, him. I really think it's over for him. He's talking about he's going to be an all-star again next year. No, you're not. Unless See, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson take you there, you're not going to be an all-star next year. First of all, we got to watch what NBA coaches do. They tell us everything. When they stopped guarding Draymond Green, they told you everything. But here's where I saw Draymond Green being a problem. And yeah. I still believe this, and I'm going to get pushed back on this. Go ahead. I really believe KD's frustration last year with the Warriors, with Kerr and the, and the movement and all that, it was all about Green, yeah. Because every time KD put the floor on the the ball on the floor, fucking KD's been standing right there next to him. He couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. And he got tired of playing in the mud. And he told Curry, "We can't run moving because we got a guy in this floor nobody wants to guard." Yeah. And he made everything muddy. Green's still good in transition. Green's still good at times in certain defensive matchups. But I don't think Green can score 15 points in the chase center by himself. I really don't. Okay, here's my thing with Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green can. Uh, I think Draymond. Chance, said it about, so. <laughs> I think Roma Draymond Green's. I think Draymond Green's days are behind him. For one, you gotta look at the fact he played with four years in college. You had deep run in college, so you already came into the league about 22 years Ooh, old. Then when you then, then when you got to the league, you basically went to the finals what five straight years. You played in. I think it was was it the Olympics or was it FIBA? I think it was FIBA. You played in like FIBA. I think it right. That was right after 2016. You played in FIBA. So you've played a lot of basketball. So I think Draymond, years, though. We got to stop acting like yes, he's like, he's, he well, hasn't been around Let, for 15 years. But what school did he go to? Michigan State. Let me tell you something. Nobody has harder practice than Michigan State, Tom, is it? They have football okay. practice. Yeah, so so it's like, yeah, Draymond's played eight years, but it's not like the eight years if you play on the Atlanta Hawks, you never make the playoffs. He's played a true – he's played to me like an 80s eight years. Like when people in the 80s play eight years, they played eight fucking years. 
So I think he played like a pretty long eight years. Also, I think weight's always going to be an issue for him. You know, I think keeping himself in shape is always going to be an issue. He's not like uh, a slender guy by nature. So I think his best days are behind him. I do think that he can still be effective. I think he has a good basketball IQ. I think, um, obviously, when everybody gets back, it'll put him more back in his natural position. But I think even what he said and what he alluded to on, on the uh, Arsenal podcast he was on, I don't know how true this is, but he said he was doing core workouts and it changed the way he shoots the ball. So he has to, like, rework his, like, shots. If he can... If he can get back to being at least where, like, I have to think about putting your ha- putting my hand up in your face. I got when strong, so my shot got terrible. Come on, man. If on, he man. can at least just get back to the point where he can at least shoot 35% for three. Just give me 35% for three. Where at least when you had a ball, I have to at least think about putting a hand up in your face. I think he'll be okay. Those days are over. Let me tell you a story. You had a better chance of watching an elephant walk right behind me in a minute before he shoots 35% again. Never, never. Here's and the they're probably going to trade him this offseason because the trade rumors are, are floating. Here's the problem. They're floating. Trust me. Somebody will take go it. Get, go get tapes of Draymond two years ago, three years ago, and go get tra- uh, tapes of Draymond in the last year or two. He don't play with the same conviction or the same I confidence. Well, when he gets on a break right now on a two on one or three on one break, he's looking for an exit door. He don't want to shoot that layup. I agree. He runs for layups because he's he's got the yips. I mean, he runs from a layup. He will give up a layup and pass it out to somewhere else, and he don't want no part of that layup. I agree. Yeah, I just don't think he's the same athlete, and I think that he realizes that he. I just think he's not this, and also I don't think he's in shape, which is not which is like another issue. Like even if you look at his body from like this year as opposed to two years ago, it's not the same human being. Well, he's not the same player, and and, and as a Warrior fan. I appreciate the chips he won for us. He was great. He had his moments. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And he still has potential to give him something. But I have doubt. He's going to have to show me. Yeah. It, there's an R&B group called 112. They had a song called It's Over Now. Draymond. It's over now. It's definitely over. Well, here's I really do. I think oh. he can go somewhere else and be serviceable and be kind of one of those guys that He's can finish out his. He's not getting traded. He has a 15% trade kicker. I'm not you know taking what? Draymond Green. Somebody will take that contract. Somebody no, will take aren't. that contract. Uh, Trust me, somebody are. will take that contract. Now, hold up now. There's always a there contract some, to be taken in the NBA. Somebody will take a bad contract. There's some NBA teams that are dumb. There's some very dumb NBA teams. If Timothy Mozgov's contract can get taken and Luol Deng's contract can get taken, Draymond Green will be – he's serviceable for somebody. No, I'll tell you what I did say. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Knicks wound up trying to trade for him. Now, I went on a Warriors spot, and I got asked the question between Wiggins and Green, trade for Gobert? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to surprise both of you didn't both hear this. For Gobert? I would, no, one, okay. one or the other. I was asked, mm-hmm. which one would I trade? They were assuming I was going to say Wiggins. If Green, if the Warriors could get Gobert, I will keep Green. I'll tell you why. You have your rim protector. Now, Draymond Green can roam, play I center agree. field. I was going to bring that he, up, too. I was going to bring that up, too. That's where, he, that's where he is a genius, when he can roam. Yeah. Now you keep him. Now you play high pick and roll with Curry and uh, Gobert, you can yeah. even play pick and roll with Green and Gobert because Green's the best lot passer. Yeah. See, I I would be happy to keep Green if I could have a Gobert behind me. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. that's not. See, I I was I was that's yeah, gonna bring that up. Three guys that can't really score on the floor. Yeah, I'm, but you would have the well, no, defense back to the level of what you had it when you were winning seventy three games. Like you would, I think if you put Gobert and Green on the court, you probably have the top three defense in the league, hands down. I think personally. Well, well, they need that because they're slow on defense. They exactly. But the Warriors need – here's what the Warriors need. They need a rim protector, and if they don't find a playmaker, 
we're just wasting our time. We're wasting our time on Green. We're wasting our time on Stepner. They got to get another playmaker because teams are going to blitz and trap Step to death. And if they don't have another guy who can bust somebody's ass off the dribble, they're in trouble. Unless yeah, Clay, unless Clay hits that third evolution of his game it, and finally, but gets he's got to have a playmaker because if he don't have a playmaker on that team, they're going to put their best defender on Clay. Who's going to beat him off the bounce? Wiggins can yeah. at times. Green's he's not going to do it. Steph's going to yeah. be dragging too. Yeah, and Steph's and Steph's got, getting older and slower now. Yeah. yeah, but I don't I don't necessarily think it's over. I think they can still make another finals run. Will they win another no. championship? I don't think they will win another championship. But do can they get back to the finals? I think w- with what's to come, who knows? And I wouldn't put it past them, especially considering what they could get, or even if they wanted to flip that number one pick for an asset and get rid of Dream. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Draymond and the number one pick. I think this market now, the fact that the market is so bad and so many athletes have lost so much money. I think I saw a stat um, uh, earlier today on Twitter where it basically said that like 61.5 billion dollars of sports revenue has been lost since this has happened, or like, or, or, or this, or this pandemic has affected a potential of like 61.5 billion dollars in overall sporting revenue. So, well, the cap, I, so the I think that, take with, a that hit. with the NBA, they're it's definitely going to come back, and everything is going to be way different. And I think a lot of teams are going to be moving very differently and more strategically after this things come back because they've been hemorrhaging so much money, including from the China thing. No, the salary cap's going to take a hit. The key for the Warriors is that seventeen million? What, what player do they get for that? That's the yeah. key. If it's even seventeen million, I don't know what it's going to be with the cap. But the Warriors got to get a rim protector. And another playmaker, or they're going to struggle. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, but then again, we don't know what the now the Clippers. Back to the Clippers for a minute. Yeah. Let's say they don't finish this year and they come back next year. They got a lot of they got a lot of holes in their roster now, don't they? Don't also, they have free agents? Yeah. Also, the issue with the Clippers is next year everybody can opt out. PG can like uh, after next year, PG can opt out. Kawhi can opt out. You gave up a lot for Paul George. So my thing with the Clippers, to me, I thought that it was like personally a two-year experiment. It's like, yo, even like Kawhi, even like, yo, we give it two years, and then after that year, we kind of analyze what happened, and then we can, you know, figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even like a guy like Kawhi, like I've, you mean early, I mean, he looked he he looked better later on in the season, but early in the season, I was worried like, yo, is he going to be able to even finish out this contract? Like that was something I was like actually worried about him. I'm like, you know, yeah, when I think it was a de- uh, deteriorating what, patella tendon ligament, something like that? They said it was deteriorating or something like that? Was that the, what the injury report no. was? No, his issue was his quad. His issue was yeah. the degenerative quad. Yeah, but then also they said he had like a knee problem, but like the knee, but like the that tendon is connected to, to the quad. So it's like there's that. PG also had hamstring issues the entire season. Look at the Lakers. They're older too. The Lakers are older. So it's like a lot of teams that I think had like a real two-year window. And this has messed up a lot of teams. Zion going to win Lakers, the ring next year. I think Lakers, the Clippers. Um, um, Wait a minute. Did he, what, what did you just say? I said Zion going to win the ring next year. Everybody going to be down. Relax. Everybody going to be down. We're going to be like, what's going to happen? He going to come through, have a great playoffs. Lonzo going to play good. Depending on what they do with Ingram and the rest well, of the team, well, well, they going to figure yeah, it out. They got, they got some contract issues too, don't they? Don't they got Ingram they got to figure out? Yeah, but I think with, I think he's a guy. I think his situation is actually a luxury because I think you really see what the market is going to dictate for him. I don't think he gets a max anymore. I think pre-coronavirus he gets a max easily. Post-coronavirus in his market, I think teams are going to want to try to build more 
more evenly spread teams than trying to get, I mean, they're trying to star low because of the fact that the stars are going to be guaranteed so much money. And with deals like the Supermaxes and stuff and guys like John Wall getting hurt and being out for two years, two and a half years, that's $90 million of wasted salary that you could have been putting towards other guys to help your organization do better. You could have at least been selling tickets. I mean, I'm sure the, the ticket sales in Washington were terrible and all that stuff like that. So I think it really depends. I really think if if you want to keep Egram, you can. If you want to let him go, you can let him walk. I think it's going to be a lot of veterans, like a lot of guys used to want to go and play with LeBron. I think they're going to want to go and play with Zion because also the only thing that we've ever heard about Zion, like we only used to hear about LeBron, was that he's a good guy and a nice guy to be around and, and a guy that everybody can rally around. And I think that if you're looking at that team in that situation – I mean, what does he play, 14, 15, 16 games this year? They've kind of creeped back into the playoff hunt. They had a skid where they lost 13 games in a row this uh, you know, this season. If, if I'm looking at a potential free agent, hey, you might be the piece. Yeah, Ingram's gone, but you might have been a piece that we need to spread the floor and be able to do what we need to do. And I also think that they need another post defender because I don't like uh, Derek Favors. I like Melly, but I think that they need another post defender. I wouldn't be upset if they let Ingram go and go and see if they can get a guy. Is Neuralist Noel's contract up? No, no, no. I think they got... Yeah, I, I would go and get a guy like him, see if I can find another couple shooters, maybe another playmaker off the bench for a lower salary, and we go back at it next year and try and figure it out. I wouldn't even mind him keeping J.J., because J.J. actually, this year when he played, was fairly decent for them. And I think that he helps provide the proper floor spacing. also think Josh Hart is a guy that I like, and I didn't really like him going into this season, but I like the fact that out of everybody else on the team, he's the only other one other than Zion that goes to the hole and he doesn't care what happens after he get, you know after he faces contact. And I think that that's what they need because they want to run. But, yeah, you can run, but we can't just have a team with guys that are only 3 and D guys that can't slash. The, the, the Pelicans can't be a team – that only has Rajah Bell type of guys on, you know, in the backcourt. They need guys that can get to the rim, create contact, get fouls, make open threes, drive and kick. He can do all those things, and he's developing, what is he, a four-year product out of Villanova. So he's a guy that has experience. He's not necessarily a rookie anymore. I don't really look at Ingram as being a guy that you need to, you know, kind of whatever. And even with the Clippers, I actually look at Ingram and Montrez in the same category. They both essentially played themselves into max contracts from other organizations. Now, does that mean that they're max players? I don't know. But they definitely have played themselves into max contract situations. I mean, I, truly I even think I mean I even think real quick can I say that? I mean, I even think if you're talking about Rudy Gobert, I think that I mean if you could pull it off, maybe like a sign and trade for like Trez and Rudy, I don't know what else you have to give up to go get Rudy. Um, but I think that that's something that could help the Clippers out a lot too. I I, I just think the Clippers the only thing they really need is like a big. Like let's I, I don't I don't think that they would have really really, really any issues. Yeah. Yes. Like, this has been well, my big I love Zoo. all year long. They don't play Zubac. I think the Pelicans got to make a decision with Drew and Zoe. Yeah. I don't think they're a good fit. I don't I either. Think Drew's got to go. Yeah, I think I, Drew's got to go. Well, they got to make a decision on one of them. Yeah, I, I yeah, just but don't I think. Yeah, but getting back to the Pelicans, like Lonzo, I, I think like a lot of the, Lonzo has to get his free throw shooting better. Like forty, what is it, forty five, fifty percent from your point guard position? Is that's not that's not gonna get it done because in certain moments, like when I know TBJ was like, "Yo, give Zion the ball," I'm like, "Yeah, but Lonzo's supposed to be the guy with the ball to set everybody up and run Zion to play." But if Lonzo's shooting fifty percent 
from the free throw line and we in the bonus, he don't have the ball because if you get fouled, you're not going to make the free throws and we just wasted a possession. So I also think that's a lot of Pelican struggles too is that the fact that Lonzo isn't a good free throw shooter. Your point guard cannot shoot 50% from the line. Like, that's inexcusable. Well, you can't play him in the fourth quarter in the first game. And, like, you need him out there. Well, he needs to start attacking the rim. That's what he needs to do. But he don't attack the rim. Attack us because he can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot free throws. If he could shoot 80% from the line, he'd be an all-star of the year. You know what's sad? If LeVar Ball would have let Lonzo Ball and LaMelo Ball go with two good youth coaches and develop them, those two kids would be superstars today. But there's still going to be first-round picks with no teaching, no fundamentals, and so many flaws. But, you know, but we'll see. LaMelo's got so you don't, so you don't think that LaMelo's Australian game, I mean, the fact that he's been, you know, that he was able to go down there and be successful, it tr- is going to translate in terms of the team 20, basketball, not necessarily 25%, even, 25% yeah. from three, 37% from two. Here's the problem. He sees the floor. He's great in transition. He's a great passer in, in traffic. He can penetrate. But when you shoot 25 and 37 from the floor, NBA teams are going to sit on his ass and they're not going to let him go anywhere and force him to shoot. They're going to give him the dream on green treatment. But he's got 25 and 33? Yeah. Ooh. To my LaMelo. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'll shoot him right now in the dark for cash. He can't make a three. <laughs> and I'm 62. I mean, 25%, the guy's going to be a number one pick or number two pick. This is what I mean. Here we're getting, do you think he deserves here. to be the number two, number one pick? Here's what I will say about LaMelo. In the last 20 years of me looking at kids coming from high school or college to the pro rank, he is the most confusing player to me I've ever seen in my eyes. I'll tell you why. Why? He has superstar potential. He really does. But he could also be on the league in three years because the kid can't shoot a lick. <laughs> His feet have to be set to shoot. Mm-hmm. He can't shoot off the bounce. He can't play pick and roll unless he's going to attack the rim a lot, which he can do that pretty well. But he can't pull up and shoot off the bounce. No, none of the ball boys can pull off the bounce and shoot a jump shot. Their feet all have to be set. That's a problem. They yeah. all shoot. Uh, LaMelo shoots from his chest. I, you know, we haven't seen him play NBA pace yet against athletes. He's played in high school and college. Well, okay, he's had his moments. Yeah. But then again, what is he, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, point guard? His IQ is very good. And he's smart, and we can see the floor. But when you shoot 25 and 37 percent, yeah, that's bad. I didn't eight. know that. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I, I, he was averaging no like 17, so, 7, and 7, but I didn't know he was shooting 37 yeah, I know and 25 percent. They you did know, not publicize really. that part. They did. They did you not read, publicize you that part. Read Ricky G's line. That's why. See, I get all the hate because I tell the truth. It says uncomfortable truth right at the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get killed tomorrow. You know, I may have to get off Twitter for a week after this show. That's funny. But in terms of your draft picks, obviously we're talking about the draft. Lamelo, who are the top five guys that you would take? I mean, obviously we don't know what the lottery is going to be like, but who are the top five guys you're looking at as guys that will actually be able to come in and help an NBA franchise? Or if you're just looking to build a star and take a star and build your team, who are those five guys that you would take? Let's do it this way. If we're talking about the Warriors who have a two-year window, that's a different draft than if we're talking about the Knicks. If I'm the Knicks, I take Lamelo. Yeah. But he's got upside. If I'm the Warriors, Weissman, Kellen Hayes, maybe Toppin. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of them, to be honest. I think really? the Warriors are going to take Weissman. I think the Warriors are going to take Weissman. Why don't you like those other you guys? Those other guys, I'm sorry. Well, I don't like it for the Warriors because the okay. Warriors only okay. got a two-year window. If you only have a two-year window, a kid can't help you. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's why, you know, 
But now if we go to the Knicks draft, I like uh, Edwards. Uh, I like Edwards. Lamello. Edwards is my favorite guy to draft. Edwards has got the body that that's the athletic wing, mm-hmm. which everybody yeah. needs. But if I'm not if I'm drafting for the Warriors, I'll probably take Weissman. Now after I just got done killing Lamelo, if I'm the Knicks, I take Lamelo. Okay. Because so the Knicks get the number one pick. You think they should draft Lamelo regardless? I would. Okay. Now, here's the problem. Even with the shooting woes. Here's the problem. Three years from now, he could be a star. Three years from now, he could be walking the streets. Yeah. That, okay. I mean, that's that's where he that's where he is. I mean, he's gonna change. He's gonna change his whole shot. Yeah. You know. And if he don't change his. Whole I mean, but if you're the Knicks, why not? I mean, Lamelo, New York. If it works, Lamelo and RJ. Works. That's a, if it I mean, works, hey, it that's works. a show. That's if a show. It works. It works. That's a show. Does, I'll tell you what Lamelo does that Lonzo don't do. Lamelo will attack the rim, and Lamelo can pass in traffic. Yeah. That he can't do. That cat can pass. Yeah. But the problem is, if you can't shoot a lick, it's hard to get, beat people off the bounce. Yeah. Because they're gonna sit on you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and he only shot seventy two percent from the free throw line in Australia, which is not that great either. Well, now let's I mean, talk but about. But it's better Australia. than Lonzo's fifty. Go ahead. The problem with Australia, the Australian league is older men. I get that mm-hmm. they're stronger. I get all that, but they white boy basketball. It's it's, pay, it's space to space, spot to spot. There ain't mm-hmm. no athletes in there. There ain't no up and down. It, until I see him shoot that shot from his chest without uh, NBA pace, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just it's people don't understand that. You got <laughs> NBA pace. I mean, we talking we talking club sport pace in Australia. We're talking athletes in the yeah. NBA. That's a different world, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And so, I haven't seen I haven't seen Lamelo play against right. athletes yet. Never. This is true. I mean, you saw him in yeah. Lithuania. Dad don't really ain't no athletes in Lithuania. Spot you, the spot. Like, yeah. True. True. Interesting. But before we get out of here, last topic. I love the fact that you obviously have seen so much basketball. I want to know who are your top five players to play the game of basketball between the years of 1990 to 2020. Ooh. So you get a nice 30-year window. I'm not going to take it back too, too 1990. far. Yeah, 1990 to 2020. And you don't have to just use the stock Jordan answer. Hold on a second. We've Go eliminated ahead. some guys. I'm going to just tell you right now. You guys can all do all your lists. Okay, fine. You want me to do 1980? We can do 1980. No, no. No, no. I'm okay. going to give you my – I'm going to answer ahead. your question. Mm-hmm. Anytime, anytime you start a basketball list, yeah. if it don't start with Wilt Chamberlain, Lou Alcindor, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, throw that list in the trash can. Those two cats can play in any era and be a dude in any era. Really? Just cut that right now. Kareem is the only guy about, – You still believe that about Kareem even in this era with the, with the run and gun style? Let me tell you what Kareem is that I've never seen from any other player in the history of my life. Mm-hmm. Once Kareem catches that ball in that left hand, puts it in his right hand, turns the left shoulder, then a player in the world can guard that. You just got to hope he misses. He's the only player that has a shot that's unguardable. Everybody else, I can scheme, I can double, I can do whatever. You can sit all five at Kareem. It don't matter. He's the fucking top of all five of them. That's <laughs> so now let's get rid of Kareem and Will. Now okay. your question is from 1990 on. Mm-hmm. Well, MJ's in there. Mm-hmm. Duncan's in there. Mm-hmm. That's two. Got three. Akeem's in there. Okay. It seems this like you like, like big guys. Three of my list. This you was, like big this guys, was, huh? 
so hey, far, so far, this is this is this is my list. I, I so didn't far. have Akeem on my list. I had Shaq on wait, my wait. list instead of Akeem. Okay, wait a minute. Wow. Okay, I'm, I got. I'm gonna do six. Okay, go ahead. I'll, what I'll allow. What did I just give you? I gave you uh, King, Duncan, MJ. Yep. Yeah. LeBron, Kobe, Shaq. Okay. Fair. I left Shaq on my top five, but fair. You well, know what? That's why I went six because I didn't fair. want to Kobe off. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Okay. Question. Be, be, just one last thing before yeah. we get out of here. I do, do want to ask you this: since you have seen so much basketball, and I feel like we're in the Jordan mania right now. Like even I was talking to some of my young guys. It was like, oh my god, Michael Jordan was so cold. I'm like, I don't know. Where do? What do you think about Michael Jordan? And what do you think about Michael Jordan's career? Being that you have seen basketball going back to 1968, what do you think about Jordan? Where do you think he places just in your eyes and as far as what you saw? Michael Jordan is this cat. When you roll up to the gym and you see this team come in, they look like gangsters and they all smoking cigarettes and they just dudes. I mean, Compton lookalikes just come in with the throws and you look like dudes. Michael, go get me a hoop and go stop them from a hoop. Michael does that better than anybody that ever lived. Michael can get you a hoop anytime he fucking wants one and he can stop you from getting a hoop anytime he wants to. And I don't know another guy can do that. That's fair. Competition? That's fair. I'm sorry? No, 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 no. No, I feel you. I get the point. It's like no matter the competition, Mike can get you a bucket. He can take one away. Michael Michael is mentally tough. Michael will cut your throat out. See, that's the difference between Michael and LeBron and me. Michael ain't going to accept losing. Michael ain't going to accept three. Michael would have beat the Warriors somehow. Been <laughs> he I've been saying it. I've been saying it. I've I mean, been saying I, it. I, I People think, think I'm crazy. He would have beat them somehow. I think the Warriors are the best. I, his, the three best teams I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Was the seventeen Warriors, eighty six Celtics and eighty five Lakers? Mm-hmm. No Bulls. Here's the problem: that fucking cat Jordan, he might beat everybody. Because <laughs> until I see somebody beat his ass in a final, yeah, it's hard to push. It's hard to argue against him. Fair, fair, but fair. but uh, you know who don't? You know who I think deserves some respect in the doc though? Phil Jackson. For Phil Jackson to put up with them knuckleheads and get that keep that ship afloat, that's amazing to me. Yeah, I think Phil might be the one of the I think Phil Person is the best people person in the history of the league. Because when you look at the egos and the situations he had to navigate, it's actually incredible. To even be able to allow Robin to go to Vegas, like what even crossed to be like, you know what, I'm gonna let you miss these games and go to Vegas right. because I need somebody you later. No, here's the biggest balls in the world. Phil Jackson gets a head job. Tell Jordan to stop shooting. <laughs> No, he tells Michael, come here. I'm taking the ball out of your fucking hands. You're going to play off the ball now. That's some fucking big cojones. Yeah. And that's what yeah. Kurt That's what Kurt did to Curry. Yeah. Come here. Yeah. Taking the ball out of your hands. And Warriors fans hate me every day because Curry's better off ball than he's on ball. I tell everybody that all the time. I'm like, yo, you put him off ball because you can't double the man off ball. It's impossible to double a man off ball. Let me help you with this. It's very simple. You want him on ball? Now he has 10 eyes on him. You give him off ball, you can't put 10 eyes on can't him. Can't put 10 eyes on him. It makes sense. I mean, the strategy makes sense. It definitely does make sense. It definitely does. I mean, I, I really can't argue with that. I really can't. I personally now think who? Steph is a great on-ball player, but I think the fact of, like you said, it just makes it makes it just makes just him easier to guard. But also, that's why I think he's, if well, no, not wait, top you, three, top I'll five offensive player all time. Huh? Did you guys play? Did you guys play? Nah. I played I, in high school, but I played like for okay, two years in high you, school. I'll ask you a question. Would you rather guard Curry with the ball guy. in his hands? 
Or would you rather go? Oh no! No! On! 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 Ball! Yeah, because you got help. You got wings. I got help. Somebody could trap me. Off ball! I got to chase this man around screens all day. First of all, the conditioning it takes to do that is mad annoying. Then I got to run into people, get through people. Exactly. I'm straight. I'd rather you dribble the ball all day. Hey, we we gonna we gonna trap this man. You gonna pass the ball. We gonna get it back. We gonna trap you again. All good. Off ball! I'm not putting up with that, bro. No, I agree with you. It's it's very simple. <laughs> not putting up with that, G. You 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 I, not I, running I, me around the court all day. We go I, I go ahead. Talk about, let's talk. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets before we get off. Let's all do right, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, man, the Rockets were interesting to me, but then they ran into a little pitfall right before the end before they called it off. Westbrook at the five, I think was going to be problematic for teams in the playoffs. I agree with you. I agree with you. But but. They didn't have the depth, I don't think, to sustain it. That would be my concern. Because the last I time they played the Lakers, were. they ran the Lakers ragged. It was it was watching watching Westbrook this year and watching how to, and watching how Dan Tony and how Dan Tony used Russ. I was like, damn, nobody was ever fully committed to Russell's success. For one, well, for, let's hold up now. Let's let's talk about why he was getting that success. Because Harden's pulling doubles. Yeah. See, teams were pulling doubles on Harden and let that lane. He catch that ball at that elbow. He got that lane. I understand that, but in OKC, for you to put him in the backcourt, people like Andre Robeson, like at least get a man, like at least get a man somebody who can shoot thirty eight percent from three. At least get a man some room on the court to navigate. Even when you put Steven Adams down there, yeah, he's gonna drive the lane, but now it claws the lane when he gets in there. What like what the Rockets did was yes, Harden was drawing doubles, and it's like people forgot that Russell Westbrook was a was an MVP. But also what they did was they spaced the floor out. Now there's no center. PJ Tucker's in the corner. Tucker at least shoots about I think it was like forty percent from the corners, not from all around, but like from the corners. So at least if Tucker's in the corner, I have to at least think about putting a hand up in that man's face. So now when Russell drives, there's nobody else in the lane. Like to me. I thought the Rockets had a chance to go to the finals or lose in the first round. One of the two. I honestly did. The Rockets had no shot against the Clippers, <laughs> but had a shot against the Lakers. It, that was that was is that, that that was that was my thing. That that was that was that was that, that yeah 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 that was my thing. I thought that they couldn't beat the Clippers because I think the Clippers had the perimeter defenders. No, but I, they, the, they can't the, beat the- yeah because the Clippers had the perimeter defenders and they can basically go as small as as you can go, but probably do that small a little bit better than you. But the Lakers, I mean, if you spread them out and you put Dwight in the corner or you put AD in the corner, also AD doesn't use his size how he should. He shoots a lot of fadeaways, so he doesn't really punish you if you put smaller guys on him. Like, they put Covington on, on AD, and they got away with it in that game. It was perfectly fucking fine. Yeah, but the Lakers have to make a decision. They play with two bigs and get spread out, or they play with one big when they play the Rockets. So, see, they have to make a decision which way they're going to want to go. But, but who knows? But it's done now. I don't see – I don't. Even, to me, they need to scratch it. I just agree. Just start over next year and just – I agree with you. Just scratch it. Now, if they scratch it, what does Philadelphia do? If they scratch do it, they keep, well, I mean, what do the Lakers do? they do? keep Simmons? What does AD do? Just, I personally AD think, stays. AD stays. I personally – I personally think that they should trade Embiid. I don't think that they're gonna trade Embiid. I think that they will. That if they that they if they don't keep somebody, they wouldn't keep Simmons. But I don't. But I think Simmons has the larger upside. I think that I don't think 
Simmons needs to shoot the ball. I think that Simmons needs to get a post game up his free throw shooting. I think if he shot 80% from the line, things would be better. And I also think he needs a needs more post moves and needs a block game instead of like being able to like shoot threes. I'm not really concerned about that. He's 6'9. Um how about a point MB, center? I mean exactly. point center. Exactly. I think that he could be the athlete of Jokic. I mean, obviously Jokic shoots the ball, but like the athletic version of Jokic, and I think that Embiid for How about one, an athletic Jokic. He'd be an athletic Jokic. Exactly, exactly, and I think that Embiid for number one, his injury issues scare me. I don't trust him to be healthy long term. Number one, and two, I don't think he's gotten much better since he got in the league. Honestly, I don't think I, I don't really see any large improvement. Kardashian, you gonna work on your gym hanging on a boat with Kardashian? Watch Booker. Booker ain't gonna be no good enough. Done. <laughs> you work on your self confidence, though. You definitely do that. Man, stop it. And also, I think Brett Brown. Um, uh, they have some decisions to make with Brett Brown as well. I think. Do you like Brett Brown as a coach? Do you like Brett Brown as as a coach person? I don't think he's dynamic enough. Uh, I don't like Brett Brown. I mean, I'm a pro coach guy, especially in the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. NBA is a players is a players game. You can't win without talent, but you can lose with talent. Players make schemes, but schemes maximize players. But I don't like Brett Brown. I just, you know, but I don't like his mix either. They need some shooters. I agree. And I don't like Embiid. Embiid's soft. He should get down the post and just bust motherfuckers Ooh, up. Embiid? Just, yeah. Oh, okay. He's yeah. soft. I you agree. Know, he's, out there, he's out there shooting three-pointers. If I was coaching that team, he would never shoot a three-pointer. His ass would be in the block. He'd be dragging guys. But see, I think he's soft, but like softer doesn't do that because of his injury concerns. Like he's had back concerns, he's had foot concerns. I feel like that may be a reason as to why he plays a game that he does and likes to be on a perimeter because he doesn't want to bang because he's had injury concerns. I mean, I feel like he said numerous times this season he doesn't like being on the perimeter. He said it the past two years, but he says their offense because he can space the floor. He's on the perimeter. I think if Ben Simmons wasn't there, he would be playing more like what Ricky G wants him to play, like just punishing people on the block. You should I be dragging people. I, now, if I, I played agree. against the Sixers, I would hope Embley made his first two threes. I hope he makes his first two because he's going to stay out there the rest of the day. <laughs> the rest of the game. I'm hot now. Shooting. I'm hot now. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot 30%. Yeah, yeah he's going to be shimmying, flying around. They gave me the ball. I shot the ball. I made a couple threes, but then after that, they loaded up on me. The coach did you know a team, job. We you lost. know what team that's interesting to me, though, is the Ooh. Toronto Raptors. Really? Toronto Raptors. They got a good coach. I like I like their coach. They got a good coach, and I still think that the makeup of their team is great. Um, I mean, you look, you have Gasol who's still well, I don't know if he stays after this year, but you I mean you had Gasol, he was valuable. You had Serge. I like I, I didn't expect Siakam to do what he did this year. Siakam improved way more he's than a I dude. thought. Siakam Siakam's improved a dude. way more than what I thought. I thought Siakam would average twenty. I didn't think he'd average this. I didn't think he'd Siakam's do this. gonna win the MVP before he's done. Come. The MVP? Siakam's, yep. I don't know about the MVP. I mean, Siakam I mean, is going to win an MVP before he's done. Here's my thing with Siakam. I think Siakam still, when you're talking about shoot on the bounce, I don't think he can shoot on the bounce yet. I think his feet pretty much need to be set to shoot. How many years has he been playing? Four. Five. Four or five. The man, wait a minute. The, the nerve. Man is playing, the nerve. Hold on, hold on a second. Siakam's played four to five years. The G League player, right? Yeah, I think so. We'll see, what, what did he average last year? What's uh, like I think 16? last year was like like 18 or something like that. 17, 18 or something. Hey, eight, like that. 18 to 20, whatever he is. Give that man another three to four years and let him he's raw right now. Three more three to four more years, he's going to do dudes up in his league. He's 26 though. He's 26. Uh well, I mean, we actually, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your sorry. Prime, 2060 average 16.9 last year. Sorry. Go ahead. You say your prime, Jerry West says your prime is between 30 and 32 if you haven't been on five straight final runs. That's your prime. Really? That's what he said? Yeah. I didn't, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know he said that. See, okay. I always thought like more like 28 to 31. Okay, you, you can, let's do that. I'm 28 more of a 27 to 30 guy, but I feel y'all. Okay, but oh, let's do that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, then, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's got three prime years left coming up. Saakam is tearing up the league, and he's raw. He doesn't even know the ball has air in it yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously, this kid is a be player. Today, but it's better way. Look what he did. To, <laughs> look what he did to Green in the finals. Green he couldn't did. Do that he did work out Green in the finals. Yeah. Telling you, when he gets that MVP, call me. I'll be here. Okay. I will. When he gets that MVP, I will literally call you and apologize. Guys, I got to go. I got to take my dog for a walk. I got a pit bull sitting behind me about of to course. eat my leg. No worries. Ricky G, we appreciate you we for appreciate coming it, through. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Please Thanks talk to the fans. Let the fans know where they can find you at really quickly before you get on out of here. Ricky G, J. Richard Goodman, blow me up tomorrow. I'm sure my phone's going to be lit. All righty. Hey, shout Hi, out man. to you, Ricky Thank G. You. We appreciate you for coming through. And as always, you're welcome back anytime you want to come through. Talk hoops. Thanks, Ricky G. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you guys, both of you. All righty. Thank you. All righty. So, fans, we're about to go ahead, get ready to get out of here. We appreciate all you guys. You guys have been amazing. As always, your boy TPJ. Find me on Twitter, Instagram at RealTPJ. That's R-E-E-L-T-P-J. It's a film joke if you don't get it, you damn dummy. And as always, Pavy, go ahead, get your plug in. As always, man, follow me on Twitter at PavyWorld, P-A-V-Y-Word, all one word, Pavers.com. Make sure y'all go check that out. Alrighty, folks, thanks for watching. Make sure you guys tune in, subscribe on Patreon, and we will get up with you all next time. This has been Hoops and Brews, and we will be back with a new episode this week, and we will see you later. Until then, peace out. Look like you still struggle with security. What's that life? <laughs> I'm on a different wave at the Clippers game. Got your woman texting me while I'm talking to Doc. Phone ringing through the press. I had to text her to stop. Why-